Welcome to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the official podcast of Broadmoor Baptist Church. Well, it's the second Sunday that I get to talk about the paradox. Last Sunday, I began by talking about Gordon McKenzie, who, when he retired from Hallmark Greeting Cards, had the title Creative Paradox. And I think Palm Sunday is a creative paradox. A paradox is a statement 
that seems contradictory, opposed to common sense, and yet is perhaps true. Here are some examples of a paradox. If I know one thing, it's that I know nothing. You have to think about these a moment. Here's another. This is the beginning of the end. Or another. Deep down, you're really shallow. One by George Bernard Shaw. What a pity that youth must be wasted on the young. Amen. Oscar Wilde said, I can resist anything but temptation. You know the one says, here are the rules. Ignore all rules. And then the second sentence is false. The first sentence is true. Okay. And finally, if you restored a ship by replacing each of its wooden parts... Would it remain the same ship? You can tell me after church. Jesus' whole life was filled with paradoxes. Palm Sunday being one of those. How can an immortal God with no beginning and no end have a birthday? How does... His father go looking for him and find him in his father's house. How does the creator of the world, the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills, have no place to lay his head? And finally, as Charles Wesley wrote, "'Tis mystery all, the immortal dies." The immortal dies paradox but perhaps nowhere is the irony of Jesus's life stronger than in the expectation of his royalty as we celebrate today the anticipation of his kingship he is a descendant of David the greatest king of Israel He's Messiah, the anointed one, expected to rule and to reign as they wave those palm branches with expectation. Mary anointed him as kings are anointed. And now we come to the point of coronation. Palm Sunday and Holy Week. But it is nothing like what anyone with Royal expectations would have expected. Turns out he's moving to his kingdom through a cross of torture. Paradox. Kings are not martyrs. Kings do not die self-sacrificial deaths. In fairy tales, kings live happily ever after with their queen by their side. In history books, kings die at the hands of the enemy, of the rival. But always self-protectively, not self-sacrificially. In our passage, the king of kings is given a crown to wear, made of painful thorns. A sign is placed over his head, mocking, this is the king of the Jews. 
But instead of a royal cupbearer giving the king the finest, Jesus is served sour wine. And instead of commanding an army, he is surrounded by soldiers who mock him and beat him. There's only one person in this story who today uses this title unironically. Jesus does not die alone. With one criminal on his right and one on his left, he finally hears a single voice of sincerity. Among the jeers of the crowd, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Finally, finally, he is truly hailed as king. Someone gets it. And it isn't by a reverend or a disciple, but by some petty thief. Paradox. Jesus spent so much of his time explaining and demonstrating what the kingdom of God looks like. And yet, we still have a hard time understanding. Is it a mustard seed? Is it a pearl? Or is it yeast working its way through dough? If his kingdom, which he explained and described, and took such pains to help us understand, if it was so hard to grasp back then, no wonder we have a hard time understanding it, grasping him as king today. You remember just a chapter earlier, he explained the difference between his kingdom and the world's kingdoms. He says this in chapter 22. The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Paradox. No wonder we have such a hard time recognizing him as king in the end and today. Because many of us have bought into the worldly version of kings and kingdoms. His whole life was full of paradox. His actions were unexpected. The choice of disciples, surprising. The path to power, a path of defeat and death. And finally, the cross. The cross, a moment of confusion. The last one for the royal watchers. I mean, th this can't be it. Can this be what he was intending to do with his reign? God meets our expectations, then his kingdom would be much smaller. The kind of king we expect had actually begun to rule that way. It would have been like any other kingdom. Short-lived. A blip in history. 
a brief reign like that of any other earthly king. A kind surrounded, yes, by wealth and power and glory, but mostly for those who could grasp that kingdom's presence. Jesus' whole life was a paradox, even to his last hour. Notice there are three groups taunting Jesus. Three groups, important. The rulers, the soldiers, and the criminal. Each of those three taunting him, insulting him, accusing him of claiming to be the Messiah, the king. Saying he saved others, himself he cannot save. Three groups tempting him, come down, come down from that cross and prove you are who you claim to be. Three temptations. Jesus' ministry began with three temptations. It ends with three more temptations. And everything in between those temptations, Jesus proving himself to be king and Messiah, but through paradox. And almost no one caught it. Three tempt him again. He refuses to call on God's power to rescue him from his own comfort and his own security. The irony in this is those who jeer him, who insult him, save yourself. What they don't understand is that through this paradox, in order to save others, he cannot save himself. In order to save others, he cannot save himself. The story of the two thieves crucified with Jesus is told only in Luke's gospel, which you heard today. According to the gospel of Nicodemus, you know that one? It didn't make it into the Bible. But according to the gospel of Nicodemus, the names of the two thieves are Dismas and Justus. Dismas was the criminal who defended Jesus. Justus was the one who taunted Jesus and tempted him. And as one person put it, would have spit on Jesus if he could have gotten himself turned around right. Luke tells us that none of the other Gospels in the Bible tell us this, but that Jesus did not die alone. He didn't die alone. And Luke is the only one that shares with us the conversation he had with the criminals next to him. Justice taunted Jesus with this temptation... Aren't you the Messiah? I thought you were the Messiah. If you're the Messiah, why don't you get us out of here? The other criminals snap back. Man, don't you fear God? We're getting what we deserve. But this man's done nothing wrong. You see, even in death, Jesus is surrounded by controversy and division. The paradox confuses expectations. Expectations of God leading to controversy and division. And here we are, Palm Sunday, ushering Jesus as king, but a king who reigns by dying.
And where is the church in this story? Where is the church? Where are we in this story? Over 2,000 years later, still roiled in controversy and division. Barbara Brown Taylor describes it this way. She says, all over the South, especially the days before Easter, trios of crosses spring up across the countryside. She says, I passed a new set of, a couple of weeks ago on a hillside by the highway. The first time I drove by, she said, there were just three upright posts in the ground, the central one being about 10 feet high and the two others being about six feet high. The next time, she said, I drove by and the cross beams had been added. A few days later, they had been painted white. A few days after that, a purple cloth flapped in the wind over the central cross. It was a lot of work for someone, she said. While I was watching it all go up, I wondered why the person didn't stop at just one cross, which would have gotten to the same message, basically. But she says, since the weeks have passed, I've changed my mind. One cross does not get at the same message as three crosses. One cross is a crucifix. Three crosses is a church. Three crosses, Jesus and two criminals. On the one side, there are those who make bad decisions and expect God to get us out of the consequences. On the other side, there are those who know they have done wrong and they take responsibility for it. On the one side, there's the bitter. And on the other side, there's the hopeful. Luke tells us that three hours later, the conversation stops. But does it? Taylor says, wherever the symbol of the three crosses survives, their conversation continues. The bitter and the hopeful, they all have their say, while Jesus bridges the distance between them, between the bitter man and the hopeful one, the lost one, and the found. There may be only one cross in this place today. But God knows we all are hanging on the other two. Some bitter, some hopeful. Whenever we stand near his cross, we complete the scene. One cross makes a crucifix. Three crosses make a church. Let's pray. Here we are, Lord, on your right, on your left. Begging you, if there's a God, if you, if you have the power, rescue us. Graciously, mercifully, you seem to come through. And on the other side, for many of us, we know we've done wrong. We've sinned. We know we fall short of following you and your word. 
but we trust your grace and your mercy to bring us home. Lord, we pray each of us receives that mercy and grace today. We celebrate you, one who suffered for us in order to save us. In Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Broadmoor underscore BC or find us on Facebook or YouTube by searching Broadmoor Baptist Baton Rouge. Thanks for listening to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Broadmoor underscore BC or find us on Facebook or YouTube by searching Broadmoor Baptist Baton Rouge. New episodes every Monday or join us for services in person or online on Sundays.